Welcome back. So today we're going to take a look at two really important rules uh, that are typically at the beginning of a statistics course. This would be the empirical rule and Chebyshev's rule, also called Chebyshev's inequality. So I'm going to start off by sort of reciting it and reading it. I always tell people uh, phase one is recitation. Can you just recite the rule? And then phase two, do you understand it? <laughs> do you understand what it means? So that, that'll take some practice. Okay, here we go. So the empirical rule, also known as the 68-95-99-7 law, uh, basically states that so long as your distribution, I'm going to highlight this here, so long as a distribution is bell-shaped, so this is for bell-shaped data only, approximately 68% of the data will lie within one standard deviation of the mean. Approximately 95% of the data will lie within two standard deviations of the mean on a bell curve. And approximately all, or 99.7% to be more precise, percent of the data will lie within three standard deviations of the mean. Um, so let's try and draw this before I look at the author's drawing. And by the way, you can do this um, for sample data as well as population data, as long as the distribution is normal or bell-shaped. So let's try to draw what they're talking about. So let's draw a bell curve. Doesn't have to be fancy. <laughs> Center it at the mean, okay? And what they're basically saying is, let's color this. If you walk out what's called plus or minus one sigma, plus one sigma, minus one sigma, one standard deviation above or below the mean. Gonna color that. So, okay, mu plus one sigma, mu minus one sigma. So I've walked out one standard deviation above and one standard deviation below. Uh, the mean on a bell curve. What that's basically saying then, if you look here, I'll grab another color, is that 68% of the data lie within one standard deviation of the mean. Aha, let's color that. Oh, okay, so this interior space, this area under the, the curve, this area under the density function is 68%. So let's think about... Um, 68% of the people, animals, items, observations, whatever it is you're looking at. So let's think about that. How many things on the planet are normally distributed? A lot, right? Heights, weights, uh, human gestation, animal gestation, uh, SAT scores, GRE scores, IQ scores, right? Many, many things on the planet are normally distributed, all with their own mean and all with their own standard deviation. So what the empirical rule enables us to do actually is to make blanket statements about how a population is going to behave, uh, but with a high degree of accuracy. There's a lot of calculus and math underlying that, which we'll see later in the course. Um, but so now, I mean, as you can guess, I'll just redraw another one right underneath it. Well, actually, I have the author's image here then. So now we have a better image than I could, you know, probably sketch by hand. So now we see indeed, you know, if we walk out one standard deviation, that's a 68% of the data, right? 34, 34. Remember, it's a symmetric distribution. So 34 plus 34 makes 68% of the data within one standard deviation of the mean. And then you see here, I like the way they have it illustrated here. If you walk out two standard deviations above and below the mean, you're looking at 95% of the data. So if I was to color that, See, now I've walked out two standard deviations 
above and below the mean. And voila, that's 95% of the data. So, um, you know, take a particular situation like human pregnancies, right? Last about 266 days on average with a standard deviation of with a standard deviation of about 16 days. But what this is basically saying is that 68% of all pregnancies last between certain bounds, right? And that 95% of all pregnancies last between certain other bounds. And so in a moment here, what we're going to be doing is, is solving for some of these bounds. Okay, let's take a look. So our first example, it says the following parameters represent the serum, the HDL cholesterol levels of 54 female patients of a family doctor. So this is like the mean um, HDL and the standard deviation of the HDL levels for that group of patients. So we're treating that as a population because that's all their female patients. Determine the percentage of all patients that have serum HDL within three standard deviations of the mean according to the empirical rule. So with this, you don't have to do any heavy lifting, although I am gonna draw it. So visually what the empirical rule says is that Okay, here's your HDL, right? The curve is centered at the mean, 57.4. And then again, you know, if you walk out plus three sigma, three standard deviations, you know, above the mean and three standard deviations below the mean, we just want to kind of recite, you know, and think about what empirical law says. Let's see if it'll let me, my pen's being fussy. There we go. And so empirical law says that that is going to be, not letting me draw on top of there, but not sure why, but that is going to be 99.7% of the data. Oh, I know why. Because I have um, the author's answer under there, like to reveal, it's not letting me write on top of a layer, but that's 99.7% of the data must lie within three standard deviations of the mean. So um, just kind of practice deciphering that. So now what I'm going to do is my reveal. I had something buried under there. <laughs> Here. Doot. There's what I had buried under there was the solution. Um, was the solution. So it says, according to the empirical rule, 99.7% of all patients have um, cholesterol within three standard deviations of the mean. So now for part B, okay, so that was our answer to part A. Okay, now for part B, it says determine the percent of all patients that have HDL between certain bounds. Now you actually have to think about, uh, think about those bounds. Okay, so I'm going to draw that off on the side here, and then I'll reveal the answer. So the mean um, cholesterol is 57.4. I'm always going to center the curve, you know, at the mean. And then I'm going to look at those bounds, which are 34 and 69.1. Um, and I want to think about how many standard, and we know that one standard deviation, which is given to us in the paragraph, um, is you know, 11.7 points. So I wanna think about how many standard deviations above or below the mean, you know, are we looking at? So one way to do that is to get a Z score. So Z is X minus mu over sigma. One way to, 
to do that is that you could do it just sort of logically by walking out so many units, but it's a good time to teach the z-score method. So we could take, you know, 69.1 minus 57.4 and divide it by the 11.7, the standard deviation, crunch that out. I'm going to do that on my handheld calculator here. divided by 11.7. So that's one, right? So if you crunch out a z-score there, you're going to get one. But if you think about it, that makes sense because that observation is plus one sigma, right? Plus one sigma, one standard deviation above the mean. So when you get a z-score of one, that's telling you how many standard deviations above the mean uh, that particular observation is. Now you could have gotten that with common sense because you would have noticed 57.4 plus 11.7, uh, you know, would lead you to 69.1. So you would have known that that's one standard deviation above the mean. Now I just want to try it for the other marker for the 34. So if we get another z-score, 34 uh, minus 57.4 divided by the standard deviation. If you crunch that out, um, what z-score do you get? So just kind of introducing z-scores a little early here. And I'm typing that out with you. So 34 minus 57.4 is something. And then divide that by 11.7. Aha! you get minus two, so it's not equidistant. So this observation is, when you crunch out this z-score, you get negative two. That means this observation is minus two sigma, two standard deviations below the mean. So this is um, excellent practice. So here's where it gets catchy, right? So according to empirical law, what percent of the data is in that little sliver there, plus one sigma? So you say to yourself, well, within plus or minus one sigma is 68%. So gee, 68% cut in half is 34%. So hopefully you're thinking that this sliver here is 34% of the data. And if you need to refer back to this image, see, you know that that sliver there plus the mean, you know, plus one sigma is the 34% of the data. And I was just say, just kind of draw it out and mental map it out. Then I'll do another color. What percent of the data, you know, if you're at minus two sigma, picture not drawn to scale because I look like it's equidistant there. Here, I'll just move that out a little bit. <laughs> if you're at minus two sigma, according to empirical rule, you know, what percent of the data is that within, so the distance from the mean, you know, walk out two standard deviations below the mean. Well, empirical rule says that 95% is within plus or minus two sigma, so G 95% cut in half. Okay, so this sliver right here has to be whatever 95% cut in half is, is right? It's 47.5%. So if we take that total area, then we're getting 47.5 plus 34%, which would lead us which would lead us to 81.5%, okay? But now I do the reveal. And voila, 
we got it. 81.5% of all patients have an HDL between those bounds. But see how you have to draw the curve and sketch it out and you know partition it and think about how much space is within you know one standard plus one from the mean to plus one standard deviation and how much space is from the mean to minus two standard deviations. You have to diagram that out. Um, hope that helps. Okay, now we're going to take a quick look at Chebyshev's inequality to describe keyword any set of data. So with Chebyshev's rule, it's not just for bell-shaped data, it's for any set of data. Um, I'm just going to kind of leave it hanging here in all its glory for us to read. Uh, it basically says that for any data set, at least one minus one over k squared converted to a percent of the observations lie within k standard deviations of the mean. Um, depending on you know, what school you go to or what, you know, either A, you've got to memorize that, or B, they let you have that on a cheat sheet, but <laughs> but we want to digest it, you know, how do we use Chebyshev's inequality, again, to make blanket statements about how a population is going to behave, but with a high degree of accuracy uh, due to the mathematics. So, okay. So what's nice about Chebyshev's inequality is you can use it as like a rule of thumb, despite, you know, even if you don't know the shape of the distribution. So, okay. Now, again, we're let's feed off of those same, you know, the cholesterol levels that we were looking at before. So we've got the 54 female patients at a family practice with the mean HDL of 57.4 and a standard deviation of 11.7. Use the data, you know, from the previous example, using the data from the previous example. Now let's apply Chebyshev's theorem to um, some statements. So it says, determine the percentage of patients that have serum HDL within three standard deviations of the mean, according to Chebyshev's theorem. Aha. Well, Chebyshev says that at least one minus one over K squared, converted to a percent, must lie within K deviations of the mean. So long story short, when you say within three deviations of the mean, that's your K. K is three. Within three deviations of the mean is, means K is three. So a lot of people say, oh, well, that, that means I'm just going to take three and plug it in for K and crunch it out, which is very true. So plug and chug with Chevy Chev. So as long as you know the number of deviations um, that you're within so many deviations of the mean, that's your K. All right. So if we do the plug and chug, <laughs> uh, three squared is nine. So uh, one over nine is a decimal. And then, so when you basically, when you crunch that out in your calculator, you're going to get a decimal, but a decimal is in turn a percent, right? So um, actually I'll do that with you. So one over nine, three squared is nine, remember, is some kind of decimal. And then you want one minus that. So we're looking at about, you know, 80, rounded to 89%, 0.8888. Okay. Okay, so when we crunch that out, we get um, approximately 0.88 repeater, or depending where you're rounding, really close to 89%. Now I'm going to reveal. Ta-da. We got it answer key. I revealed the answer key. So about, yeah, really close to 89% uh, of the patients 
according to Chebyshev's theorem. And remember, that's a minimum bound. So that's an at least, right? So Chebyshev says that it's at least that much, but could be more. So, um, so that means, you know, possibly greater than or equal to 88.9%. So note to self, notice that Chebyshev uh, gives a minimum bound. Okay. Um, let's try that again. <laughs> so determine the percent of patients that have serum HDL within 28.15 and 86.65. I gave a hint here that those endpoints are, um, you know, 2.5 standard deviations away from the mean. But if you didn't realize that, remember, you could always get a Z-score, even though we're not living on the normal curve. A Z-score just tells you how many deviations away from the mean. And I always say with Chebyshev's theorem, since you don't know the data is normal, just draw something like draw a blob, to, just so that you have something to draw and think about. So you know the mean cholesterol is a 57.4, and you know that 28.15 is you know way down here somewhere, and 86.65 is is way up here somewhere. But how far away, right? So whenever you want to figure out how many deviations away, note to self how many standard deviations away, you can crank a z-score. All right, so let's do that. So 86.65 minus 57.4. I'm just going to do the first one with you. Over the standard deviation, which is 11.7. If I crunch this out, you want to grab a calculator and play along. So 86.65 minus 57.4 is something, and then divide that by 11.7, you're gonna get 2.5, okay? So when you crunch that out, you're gonna get a z-score of 2.5. And I encourage you, I'll set up the other, we'll call that z sub one. Z sub two, I encourage you to go and get the z-score for that lower bound, and I'll set that up for you. So that'd be 28.15 minus 57.4 divided by the standard deviation. And, you know, trust but verify, you'll get negative 2.5. So what that means is, you know, one observation is 2.5 standard deviations above the mean, and the other observation is 2.5 standard deviations below the mean. So we're within 2.5 standard deviations of the mean. So that's your K. So big note to self, notice we're within what's called plus or minus uh, 2.5 sigma, 2.5 standard deviations of the mean. So 2.5 is your K there in Chebyshev's inequality. So in terms of the plug and chug, we know it's gonna be one minus one over 2.5 squared. Okay, I'll do that with you. I'll actually type it on here with you. So 2.5 uh, squared is something. And then you want one over that. So order of ops. And then you want uh, one minus that. So we're looking at 84%. So what, what Chebyshev says then in words is that at least 84% lie within those bounds. 
hope that helps. Those bounds that were given, the uh, 28, a little over 28 and 86.65. So again, with, um, with Chebyshev, you know, you obviously know you're going to have to plug in something for K and that something is the number of deviations uh, of, within the mean. And notice that it doesn't have to be a whole number too, because notice on this, this example, when I crunched it out, I ended up being uh, within 2.5 deviations of the mean. 2.5 is clearly not a whole number. So yeah, so with Chebyshev, K doesn't have to be a whole number or an integer. Uh, it could be a decimal. All right, hope that helps. We're going to leave you hanging there for today.